Hi, I'm Laura Meyer with App Properties. I'm here on the Proven Path podcast with my friend and coworker Kevin Van Eck, who also works with App Properties, and we're here to talk about short sales today. Kevin, tell me a little bit about how you got into short sales. Well, in 2008, uh, I was representing a buyer on a short sale property, and I had no idea what a short sale was. And so I was taking the listing, listing agent's lead on that, and I took it at face value, and I ended up getting burned and ended up losing my buyer. And that's when I decided I was going to learn more and educate myself on short sales and how the process works. How about you, Laura? How'd you get into it? I started with some clients that had bought multiple properties and they got into trouble long before the Mortgage Forgiveness Debt Relief Act of 2007. So this was probably around 2005, 2006. And at the time there really was no established method for how to do a short sale with with these banks and they had multiple properties with various different banks and it really was kind of a learn as you go but I had a great attorney that I worked with and that's kind of how I got started. So what other ways have you educated yourself with short sales? Initially starting out I had a great attorney um, who also educated me on just Illinois the laws uh, governing uh, banks short sales. I also worked with some mortgage uh, lenders that explained how these loans had been written and what we were going to be up against with dealing with these banks. So it's kind of how I got started. Thereafter, I think uh, through NAR, Chicago Association of Realtors, they started implementing programs to assist agents. So I got involved with that and then just really started working on my own to just um, work with different banks, learn their processes, and it slowly evolved to what it is today, which is a much better process overall. So Kevin, what successes have you had lately with short sales? Well, I think echoing what you had said about uh, the process changing and things becoming a little bit more streamlined with some of the lenders is just shortening the, the short sale process. Um, whether it's supplying a package that's similar across all of the lenders, uh, whether it's the lenders doubling their staff or implementing those processes, those are some of the, uh, the things that have helped me in my business um, at least be better prepared to handle short sales and be able to make sure that uh, we're taking care of the homeowner through the process. Uh, one of the things I do, you know, at this point to make my short sales um, much more streamlined is have a good process in place. I've put together some tools that I work with with the homeowner. So prior to ever taking a listing, um, the goal is not necessarily to push a homeowner into a short sale, but if they're coming to you and want to talk about it, it's really evaluating one, do they qualify as the homeowner? Do they have a hardship, which is the key important component? And then secondarily, is the property a sellable property? Finally, I think the real key for me has been to being able to track that foreclosure timeline here in Illinois. It's very different than any other state. So what I've done is created tools that I give to the homeowner that they fill out prior to ever taking a listing. And then I might speak with them two, three, four times before we ever list the property to determine if it's the right course of action for them. And then most importantly, I do put them in touch with an attorney to further confirm those things, which is very important. So put a good team together, have some good training materials, reading materials for the homeowner about a short sale and what they can experience with the bank and so that you set realistic expectations for both the homeowner and what the process will be. I agree with you. I, I think one of the things you touched on is screening the clients. You know, I'm, I'm, I enjoy working with short sales because I enjoy helping folks, uh, especially homeowners in distress. But as you say, not every homeowner qualifies. Not every property is saleable. So 
we're in this, it's our business and we need to treat it like a business. So we're not able to help everyone. So really pre-screening those clients, those properties, ensuring that, that it is going to be a viable short sale is very important. And that's one of the things I've done as well that's, that's helped uh, my success rate with short sales is turning down the short sales that, that aren't going to work, that aren't going to happen. Or if the homeowners have better options, pushing them in that direction with their attorney. Mm-hmm. I agree. So Laura, what kind of script do you use to help your clients understand the process of a short sale? First and foremost, I, I do have them fill out what I've kind of developed as a checklist. Uh, so I have details about the property, about them as the homeowner, who's on the mortgage, who's going to be involved in a short sale. Like I said, there's various ways that someone can do a short sale, but they have to qualify. And the qualifications include a hardship, a financial hardship, which can include divorce. It can be a medical hardship. Uh, so there's there's various things. But I, when sitting down with them, I want to determine, first and foremost, do they want to keep the property? So by using those tools and having them complete that before I ever sit down and meet with them, I can strategize their short sale and give them an idea is as if they're going to qualify, meaning they may qualify for a short sale, but um, they may have a second loan. So the best way to either eliminate or reduce potential deficiency um, would be doing a short sale. But again, knowing that they can still do one, but the bank may require something of them. They may not have a true hardship. There may be something there. They may be making money. But So I guess the script that I would uh, use when sitting down with a client is first asking them, do they want to keep the property? Because it's not my goal to push them into a short sale, but are there other options for them? Uh, I pre-approve the client to let them know what we're going to do today and sitting down and having them fill out this checklist is going to be identify, one, can they do a short sale? Two, does the property qualify? Um, And then three, how do we get that process started? Um, If they don't qualify or the property doesn't qualify, meaning it's not a sellable property, maybe there's some city code violations, whether it's a condo, single family home, uh, maybe it has some serious deferred maintenance on the home that it's just not going to make it a viable thing that someone's going to want to buy, then understanding the other options that we can offer them and speaking with an attorney, such as... uh, Dean lieu of foreclosure or foreclosure. So some of those other things might get discussed in a short sale. Sometimes a property just doesn't sell. Um, I'm not finding that, but when uh, if I'm going to take the listing, it's going to be a sellable property. But in the event it isn't, we might have to move them directly to an attorney for further consultation. So yeah, those are that's part of my script. And then we I usually have them take a week or two to sit back and think about what we've talked about, develop some of their own questions. If, they're, if they have another person on the mortgage, that person needs to be involved in part of the discussion first and foremost. So if they haven't been, we need to bring them into that. So it's kind of, it, you might have three or four discussions before you actually list a property. The other thing I add to that, I do the same exact things, and you do this I know as well, Laura, is managing expectations, which is something you touched on earlier. Whether it's talking with the homeowners themselves or if you're in an offer or contract situation on a short sale, making sure that everyone understands the process. Mm-hmm. From the homeowner's perspective, laying out, based on our experience, what we've seen happen. And sometimes that means really painting the worst picture, the worst case scenario, so that they know what to expect and what could potentially happen. So there are no shocks uh, or, you know, there's no shock down the road um, when we do get in a request for a contribution or for a promissory note and laying out how we will deal with that if that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so really laying out a roadmap for the homeowner so they know what to expect the entire, the entire way um, through the process and uh, so there is no uh, shock value. 
Exactly. In a short sale, I think it's the best way for a homeowner to either eliminate or reduce their potential deficiency that they may have. And it really depends on how many loans are on the property. And a lot of that comes in getting the proper information from the start from the homeowner before you ever take the listing. Laura, why would you say it's important to work with someone, a listing agent, who's experienced with short sales? It's really about understanding uh, the banks and using an agent that has understanding of the laws, the time frames, the experience working with these banks. Um, and I think generally caring about the homeowner other than just taking a listing is um, that you want to see them through the process. And it's not just taking another listing. So you really, it's, it can be a 12-month process. So these can be a great way to build your business and help homeowners at the same time. But you do have to have that sense, sense of empathy that this homeowner has never been through this, something like this ever, and hopefully never again. I think sometimes we forget that we also need to sell the property first before we begin the short sale process. So part of that, like you said, is qualifying the property as saleable. And the other part of that is actually marketing the property properly. In Chicago, where we have a huge amount of inventory, we're competing with, short, with other short sales as well as traditional sales that don't have the extended timeline of a short sale. So we need to make sure that we're presenting the property as attractively as possible to potential buyers. And I think that gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. We're so focused on the short sale, the short sale packet, the banks, that we forget that we actually need to sell the property first. Mm-hmm. It's not like any other listing that you'll take. Um, it's, it's not like a conventional sale. Usually you have homeowners that are in some sort of financial distress. So if they're in trouble with not just this property, they're in trouble in other ways financially. So it's really wanting to be there for the homeowner, but also wanting to sell the property, get it sold, get them on to the next phase of their life. The other part that I have also with taking the listing is talking to somebody about their exit strategy. This is more of a financial transaction than it is a conventional sale. Um, So you really have to understand the distinctions of what you're dealing with, and you've got to really be able to represent that property from start to finish with doing a short sale. If you get bored with it, you're not liking the way that it goes, you're still, you still have to be there for the homeowner. And a lot of times they're emotionally distressed, uh, sometimes physically, the home itself, the family. It's, it's not happy times for people. So what I tend to also do is focus on what's your exit strategy going to be uh, with the homeowner? What's your next steps? Let's focus on that. Let me focus on getting your home sold. So really trying to figure out where they're going to be, if they have children, what schools they're going to choose to move on to. Maybe they'll have to switch school districts. So there's a lot of things that are going on with the family. So take into consideration, again, it's not just about getting another listing. Uh, There's a whole lot more that goes into a short sale other than working with banks and uh, marketing the property and doing brochures and doing open houses. Uh, There's another level to short sales that sometimes people just don't get. So Laura, what kind of tips would you give to an agent who's working with short sales in terms of relating to the banks, communicating with the banks? What, What would you say to an agent? Well, um, I would say find out first and foremost, like I said, when you sit down with the homeowner, and let's say you've gotten the listing, um, you're going to know right off the bat what banks you're dealing with, how many loans, what's owed on each of these loans. So right away you're going to know what kind of package you're going to have to put together, help the homeowner put together. And again, I always stress the importance of having a great team, meaning an attorney, um, if they are using some negotiators within their office. Um, I know there's a lot of agents out there that are doing their own negotiations through Equator. Um, 
again, Wells Fargo is using it, Bank of America. I personally don't. I, I really let the negotiating of deficiency and things like that be, be managed by an attorney and their staff. Equator uh, that Laura mentioned is mm-hmm. an online uh, communication tool that some of the lenders use. Like Laura said, it's Bank of America, uh, GMAC, Wells Fargo is using it now, and then some smaller lenders. But it's an online dashboard where you can manage your short sale properties, submit the packages online, communicate with the negotiator or closing Mm -hmm. officer directly and it really streamlines the process because you know for one that the negotiator has received your message or the documents that you've uploaded but then also it gives you an opportunity to escalate if you're not getting a response within a within a timeline that the lender should respond within. And one of the reasons I don't use Equator, uh, here in Illinois, we are required to use attorneys for closings. And the attorneys that I've aligned myself, and I know that Kevin's aligned himself with, really manage that process for for them. As agents, again, everybody's opinion's gonna be different. Uh, Mine is one that you're out there helping the homeowner. Uh, My roles and responsibilities I really don't want to be responsible for entering that kind of information, tracking that for the homeowner. I really feel like there needs to be an expert that's going to have hands-on, more or less 24-7, managing that process for the homeowner. Again, from state to state, it can be very different. Um, We've just found it here in Illinois very helpful that we have attorneys, their staff, specific negotiators that they have assigned doing that kind of work for us so that we can focus on helping the homeowner, uh, getting the property sold, being there at the property, um, and not doing both. So, Laura, you talk about attorneys and negotiators. We know anytime there's an opportunity in the market to make money, anytime there's a niche for folks to get into, that there are people who tout themselves as experts or specialists. What do you do in terms of the attorneys or negotiators that you're working with to ensure that they are going to protect the homeowner? Um, I won't do any business with someone without references, you know, and I really reckon, even though I have a, a few great attorneys I use, I give many attorneys to the homeowner and I recommend that they do call them ask how many short sale closings they're doing a month what kind of banks that they've worked with um, really getting to the key core of um, how they're going to handle their as the attorney how they will handle their short sale that will tell me a lot I even interview the attorney if a client says I have somebody I'd like to use although it might be a family friend and that might be wonderful again this is like no other transaction it's not like a typical conventional uh, real estate closing there's going to be a long period of time that you're going to go through working with this particular attorney so you better interview your your agent as well as your attorney and know that they're going to be there for you every step of the way through the short sale process and laura do you find that representing sellers in the short sale process has helped you from the buyer representation side of the business as well when it comes to short sales yes um I I strongly feel that if agents understand how to list a short sale, they'll better be suited to help a buyer buy a short sale. I guess my goal in when I, not just starting uh, with short sales helping homeowners, was also helping agents. Um, I really want them to understand from start to finish how to list a property. If they do that and can understand that process, they'll set realistic expectations for their buyer when buying. As much as I'd love to get them done quickly and move it along, you know, right now you're looking at 90 to 120 days. I wish we could do them quicker, but it's it's just that's the fact. And when you set realistic expectations of what that process is going to be within the first 30, 60, 90 days, I think the buyer will feel more comfortable. So create a great team between the buyer's agent and the selling agent, um, and you'll get your short sale done. But communication is the key. But it really has helped me uh, with on the buy side, being able to help buyers understand the process better and knowing what's going on 
behind the scenes with the homeowner. A lot of times it doesn't really matter. They know that homeowners in distress and a buyer wants a great deal, and that's a good thing. But at the same time, if they understand to a certain extent what's going to go on, what the, the seller is dealing with during the short sale process, they might be a little bit more understanding of the time that it takes to get the short sale done. I agree. I found the same thing. And I think also it helps me qualify properties that my buyers are interested in, meaning I know the right questions to ask the listing agent. Um, I know whether the listing agent or their team has experience in short sales. So like you said, I can prepare the buyer so they know what to expect. I agree. You've been listening to the Proven Path podcast. I'm here with Laura Meyer of Ad Properties. And if you'd like to reach Laura, you can reach her at... You're welcome to reach me via email at lmeyer, L-M-E-I-E-R, at atproperties.com. lmeyer at atproperties.com. And I'd be happy to share any of my training materials that I talked about today, from checklists to uh, training materials for agents in your own office. Likewise, I'd be happy to share any of the information I have as well. And you can find me, Kevin Vanak, at kevinvanak at atproperties.com. And that's K-E-V-I-N, V as in Victor, A-N-E-C-K, at atproperties.com. You've been listening to the Proven Path Podcast, and thank you for listening. The opinions expressed here are the views of the host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Council of Residential Specialists. Thanks for listening to the Proven Path Podcast. If you have any questions or topic suggestions for the show, send an email to solutions at crs.com.